a person that likes cars or reviews cars, they might give you a different opinion. So ours is always an opinion. And I think it's good that you have a different perspective than me and look at it from a different angle than me because I think that really hopefully brings more of a, a balance. I really always try and not be biased towards brands. Hopefully I get that right. And I'm you know, afraid... There are some brands that are going to like more than others. We're going to have to leave it there. Go drink your coffee. It's 9 o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning. <laughs> Independent and impartial. This is SAFM News. Thank you, Michelle. In your top stories, the ANC-NEC holds its ordinary meeting and Zimbabweans vote in a by-election. This is SAFM News. A very good morning. I am Luyanda Maume. The ANC National Executive Committee is meeting in an ordinary session over this weekend, including meeting with different structures of the party until Sunday. Top on the agenda in this virtual meeting of the ANC will be to tackle the challenges around the build-up to the provincial and regional conferences of the ANC Youth League, the Veterans League and the ANC Women's League. Abongile Tumago reports. It would seem the ANC continues to be embroiled in challenges ahead of its national elective conference in December. The party seeks to have a program of action for its renewal. And also on the table is the discussion on the State Capture Commission's report, which mentions high-ranking ANC leaders. The NEC meeting will also discuss international relations, including the Russia-Ukraine war. Abongile Dumago, SABC News, Johannesburg. Zimbabweans head to the polls today for parliamentary and council by-elections. The country's main political parties, ZANU-PF, the MDC and the Coalition Citizens for Change, have in recent weeks been campaigning in areas where the polls will take place. The ZANU-PF party currently controls parliament with a two-thirds majority. Dr. Pezisai Ruhanya is the director of the Zimbabwe Democracy Institute in Harare. The Zimbabwe Electoral Commission says that they are happy with what is going. But it is not for the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission to be happy. It is for us, the citizens. It is for the voters to be happy about the electoral process. You can't say that the voters are happy when you disrupt political parties' meetings, the police disrupt meetings of other political parties, and we have violence that is state-organized, particularly by the security forces. The South African Petroleum Industry Association, SAPIA, has warned that if petrol price increases continue, this will impact on the distribution of essential goods. The petrol price jumped to over 21 rand a litre this month on the back of oil supply concerns amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine. SAPIA has now told Parliament that if petrol prices increase above the current oil regulatory mechanism in setting the basic fuel price, the security of the supply chain in distributing the required products will be threatened. Sapia Executive Director Fanny Chufularo says there's a need to look at how the current method used in determining the petrol price increase can be revised. If prices rises to a point where there's a disconnect of what the government is already regulating um, or, or using to set the basic fuel price, it means therefore you've got a problem. You've got a problem, it becomes like... Uh, not possible or very difficult for the companies to buy products at the international market. The National Prosecuting Authority says they are calling for Ntutugo Shoba to be sentenced to life for the murder of Tsekhofatso Bule. Bule was killed in June 2020 while eight months pregnant under the instruction of Shoba with whom she was in a relationship. Shoba has been found guilty of premeditated murder by acting judge Stuart Wilson at the High Court in Johannesburg. He was found not guilty for obstructing justice. He will be sentenced on the 10th of May. Pindim Chonotwane is in the, with the NPC. We want to applaud the sterling work done by Captain Mbete, working closely with um, senior state advocate Fahri Mohammed. We welcome the conviction as the NPA and we would be arguing for a sentence of life imprisonment since he's found guilty of premeditated murder. We are hoping that the court will dispense a sentence that sends a message that our courts abhors acts of gender-based violence. 
The board of the bulk water supplier in the Eastern Cape, Amadola Water, has been dissolved by the Minister of Water and Sanitation, Sanzo Mkunu. An interim board has also been put in place. Mkunu met with the management of Amadola Water yesterday, announcing the changes. This comes just more than a year after a new board was put in place at the water supplier under the former Minister of Water and Sanitation, Lindy Wesisulu. The board was due to serve a four-year term. Earlier this month, Amadola Water was and also unable to provide water to some of his clients due to a strike at the entity. The union, Samu, turned to the minister saying their grievances were being undermined by the former board chairperson. The interim board consists of Pemiago, Ndumiso Kibiliga, Ayandam Chekula, Simpiwe Zengwa, Zamela Kivit, Buitumela Mukhatle and Sindisiwe Kulu. And finally, the European Union leaders have agreed to make a joint gas, gas purchases in response to surging prices caused partly by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The conflict between Russia and Ukraine has pushed energy prices to record highs, prompting the EU to pledge to cut Russian gas use by two-thirds this year. The EU plans to now boost the renewable energy. European Commission President Ashla von der Leyen says the countries are in a stronger position when they work together. Instead of outbidding each other and driving prices up, we will pool our demand. In addition, we must complete pipeline infrastructure and ramp up our storage and the interconnectors. We propose the minimum storage of 80% underground for next winter, rising to 90% then in the following years. This will be our insurance policy against supply disruption. Recapping your top story, the ANC National Executive Committee is meeting in an ordinary session over the weekend, including meeting with different structures of the party until Sunday. For SAFM News, I am Luanda Maume, more news at 10. On your marks, it's Jet Set and go on SAFM. The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant, 7 to 10 a.m. You are with the Jet Set Breakfast. I am Michelle Constant. We've got lots still to talk about. We're going to be talking about Arabic roots and the Afrikaans language. That's going to be an interesting one. We'll also find out about the applications for the Fate de la Musique. So if you're an artist or a musician, now's the time to hook up on that one. We'll chat to Jesse Clegg about his performance uh, for the Here and Now uh, event in April. And, of course, we will be announcing all our winners. Yep, you might be a special winner who is able to talk about human rights. So listen up and uh, Let's get cracking. What did you miss in the last hour? Well, you missed uh, our guest, the destination. We traveled to the Itala Game Reserve in KwaZulu-Natal. Bevan, the vlogger of Stray Along the Way, uh, took us to the Game Reserve and uh, highlighted some of the activities that one can get involved in there. We also uh, looked at the perfect alarm tone. Is this the sound that will wake you up just perfectly in the morning? I feel so much more awake just listening to that. And then, of course, we closed off with uh, Nico, our petrol head and barista. We've tweeted the picture of the perfect cotada that he made. I must say, it looks very, very impressive. Mawande uh, in the Western Cape saying, Michelle, I want to know if you and Nick, Nick, uh, Nick the petrol head know each other face to face because... You always dis- your discussions are they always over the phone? Actually, we do know each other face to face. Yeah, we've met each other many, many, many times, and uh, yeah, we keep trying to have a bri together, but that's just I don't know, it just never happens. But it will happen one day. I plan to bri with Nico, definitely to drink his coffee as well. It's ten past nine, and if your name is Mpo and you hail from Cape Town, guess what? This is your big fat juicy. Big fat juicy. The choice is yours. Hello darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because the vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the visions that were planted 
sounds of silence Through restless dreams I've walked alone Nice one. That's DJ Kosher featuring Liam Berger and uh, their version of Sound of Silence. And in fact, check out the video for that as well. It's a great video, like uh, really quite uh, atmospheric uh, look at Cape Town for sure. And that was the big, fat, juicy choice of Mpo in Cape Town. Every time I hear that particular track, The Sound of Silence, I think about the Marion Fassler uh, fashion show that she did one year where she played a whole bunch of different versions of The Sound of Silence. So all different versions of that particular song and uh, the artists or the the models walking with her outfits on up and down the ramp just to that song. It was quite something. So we're going into our food section and today we're going to a place called the pantry. Now there's been a big move back to the idea of the deli takeaway. We know that there's Mastro's which is on Oxford Road and they are a wonderful little place where you can get the most amazing sandwich but you can also shop and be part of a convenience store experience as well. Now the pantry which is on Jan Smuts, corner of Jan Smuts and also um, located at uh, Keys Avenue. Avenue, the Trumpet Building, has got a way of looking at also this hybrid model. Supermarket, deli, takeaway, retail store. On the line is the operations director, Dino Constantino. Dino, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure, pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. So, Dino, tell us a little bit about uh, the pantry. How does it work? Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely the first of its kind kind of uh, no it's not let's let's not say that let's be we 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 know that there are other delis around the country and i don't want to be weird about that but let's be clear okay no 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 well well the the difference with us is i mean we're a forecourt we're a petrol station so we're not a standalone deli Uh we are we have uh, reinvented what you call convenience at a petrol station so Yes, it's absolutely a, a deli and there's a, a grocery store with it, but it is absolutely still a petrol station. So that is the whole 
catch of the pantry, and that's the whole idea and concept behind it. So, in fact, your, your, your competition would be those little Woolies stores that we see at petrol stations where there is a supermarket and a little coffee shop in, the, in that joint as well. That would be absolutely, your competition. Absolutely. So that is uh, essentially our, our, our current competition. Um, I wouldn't say it's identical. Obviously, we've got a different, a different model and a different approach to how we do things. Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously this great fresh bread and the, and the pastries that we produce fresh, fresh, fresh every single day. Um, and apparently so, yeah, I mean, excellent salad, I'll tell you. I've, I've, one of my friends was just uh, yelling down the phone the other day saying, excellent salad. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that was the whole idea. We want people to pop in grab a lunch, grab something for dinner and pop out. It's all yeah. about convenience, but yeah. also with, you know, keeping a little bit of a healthy conscience in mind and, uh, you know, ease of use. That was the whole idea behind it. Yeah. Do you know, obviously this is something that um, has come up uh, post, well, it's not post COVID. We are still in COVID, uh, whichever iteration of the, pandemic it is, whether it's endemic. Is that one of the reasons that David Higgs and his team uh, decided to put this together? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that. So this is essentially a brainchild of what we came up with during those first few months of, of lockdown in 2020, mm. where we were, you know, everyone was kind of scrambling, what's, what's going to happen? What do we do? And we started working on a few concepts that we were looking to roll out. And this obviously has changed slightly since then, but it's definitely uh, an idea that was spawned during that hard lockdown right in the beginning. Now, how does it how does it work with something like this 24-7 to constantly have truly fresh food, fresh salads? Um, you know, there's like a lot of hot products as well, yeah, that's a bit shucks. like a corner store, Prego rolls, etc. I mean, exactly. the, the, you are the operations director. That must just be pretty difficult. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, anything that's 24 hours is is quite a challenge. Basically, once we opened that door two weeks ago, we were never going to close it again. So that was quite daunting. But, you know, we've got a fantastic, fantastic team. So it's uh, it's definitely a group effort. With uh, David in the kitchen and and, uh, leading that charge, he's put together an unbelievable team of people that work almost 24-7 through the clock. So... There's a team that comes in in the evening, a, a, a night shift, if you yeah. will, and they pre- prepare all the sandwiches and bowls and salads for the next day. Uh, and we keep nothing. So whatever is made for that day is mm. sold on that day. Whatever's left, we donate to charity. And mm. the next day, we, we, we do it all over again. Yeah. So I suppose, do you know, in closing, when one looks at something like this, it is a... It, it it sounds like it's high-end. I haven't been there yet. Um, as I say, I've heard from quite a few people uh, about it, and, and I know David Higgs has a, an extraordinary selection of um, different eateries and the like, including marble, etc. But it sounds like it might be quite high-end costly. Or what, what are your costs yeah, like? Yeah, so no, I would... Uh, it's actually, I mean, the opposite of that. So we've okay. been very, very careful to make sure that it is accessible to everybody. I mean, it is ultimately a, a petrol station store. So obviously there's the high-end stuff. I mean, yeah. we sell wines and champagnes. And, you know, you can come and break the bank a little if you want. Yeah. But there is also, you know, your general convenience items. So... You can come in and do a regular shop with prices that compete not just with other petrol stations, but with actual supermarkets, I'd say. Mm. So we're super-duper competitive on the pricing, and we've intentionally done that. Yeah. Dino, did you have to do – what kind of a deal did you have to do with the petrol station to put something like this together? Sorry, sorry, do you want to repeat that? What kind of deal did you have to make uh, with the petrol station? Yeah, so like obviously this? our fuel partner on this specific site is Sassel. Yeah. Uh, we've been very lucky that Sassel has essentially given us uh, free reign to do as we wish on this concept store, if you will, mm. which I say in inverted commas. Yeah. So Sassel is our fuel partner. Um, mm-hmm. There isn't uh, too much involvement from Sassel's side on, on the convenience store that we've built. Obviously, on the forecourt, that's very much Sassel's involvement, and it's a very state-of-the-art kind of 21st century type of petrol station, which we are looking to start pumping fuel in the next few weeks. So we're mm. not at the moment, uh, but we will start pumping fuel in the next few weeks. 
I suspect that the um, buying a, the food at the pantry will be a lot cheaper than pumping the fuel. Dino, in closing, you uh, this this sounds like a model that you can scale and that you should scale. Oh, okay. We just lost Dino. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Dino Constantino is the operations director of the pantry. It's a hybrid model of supermarket, deli, takeaway, and retail store. And uh, it definitely sounds like uh, there's going to be a bit of competition there if you are the foodie store, WW, which is on the forecourts of uh, many, many petrol stations as well. I look forward to seeing that battling it out. And I certainly look forward to seeing the pantry start to scale. Easy, open for business. Uh, Pump that petrol. Or if you can't, rather just uh, walk there and um, you spend your money on food at the pantry instead. It's 9.20. SFM is celebrating Human Rights Month by giving away 1,000 Rand shopping vouchers. All you have to do is SMS SAFM Human Rights and your name to 41391. When we call you, tell us what you understand human rights to be. That simple. The more you enter, the more chances of winning. SAFM, leading the conversation this Human Rights Month. Michelle Constant on SAFM. You know, you guys are very funny. I love the way you uh, entertain us and entertain yourselves. So David has uh, said, well done, Nico, on looking at the picture we've tweeted of Nico's coffee bra morrow. <laughs> bra morrow says, when is Nico coming back into the studio? He increases my craving and appetite for coffee whenever he's at home on the couch. But doctors have banned me from consuming coffee till Kaiser Chiefs win the PSL. Well, you may never, ever have to drink coffee again, Bramaro, in that case. And I'm a, I'm a coffee for life, but there we go. Who knows? Um, we'll get him back in the studio and we'll stop him from talking about coffee, although they are very fine indeed. We're going to go to a fabulous story. It's taking place in Johannesburg. It's an exhibition that deals with the Arabic roots of the Afrikaans language, but it also looks at writing as a form of art, as opposed to writing as a form of meaning, uh, as a lexicon, etc. It's taking place at the Goethe Institute, and it's an exhibition called Koplis Buka. Kamiar Bineshtarig is a visual artist, an Iranian artist, and uh, he is exhibiting a series of artworks, and we've got Kamiar on the line. Thank you so much for joining us, Kamiar. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Kamyar, I was really intrigued to look at the work that you were doing with regards to creating uh, art with words, which, as you said, um, sometimes cuts away from the meaning, but then offers a completely different meaning altogether. Explain to us what you're doing. Yes, exactly. So I think what my interest initially was, was seeing uh, text and writing as a form of art making, as a form of painting, rather marks than a comprehensive uh, visual aspect or, or letters. Um, and I think that came from my background because uh, my dad and my uncle were calligraphers, so they were like using writing as a form of like art. Yeah. Uh, and I was very much inspired by that idea of calligraphy and, uh, and I basically using writing as painting, but also I moved away from calligraphy itself because also calligraphy has different styles, even though they are like more contemporary calligraphers as well, that they mix like painting and calligraphy together. But my approach was mostly this language itself and the writing and how I can strip away the meaning of the words from, from them and, uh, and present them visually. Uh, yes, so, so let's, that's, that's Kamya, let's, let's take a step back also. For those of our listeners who don't understand how calligraphy works or what it looks like, describe it for our listeners. Uh, so calligraphy, well, basically calligraphy is using writing, but in a very precise way. So like uh, you, have a, you have, a, for example, a poem that you want to write beautifully and then that you make it, you make it a, cal- a calligraphy piece. Uh, but my work is actually not that. It's, I usually just use writing, and I don't necessarily uh, follow very specific rules of calligraphy, which they have a lot of rules in calligraphy, mm. but I don't usually use them. So I'm, I'm, I call myself more of a painter than a calligrapher. 
Okay, so then what happens is you, you look at calligraphy, you go back to your Arabic roots, and one can actually see that in the formation of letters and the words that you're creating. But you're aligning it to the Afrikaans language, which is yes. related to the title of the exhibition. Explain how the title links to the Arabic roots and the Afrikaans language. Uh, so Arabic Afrikaans uh, was a term used for uh, Afrikaans that started actually initially writing with Arabic letters. So before actually Roman character dominates the language as a form of writing, Afrikaans started using Arabic letters to be written. And that was because of the Muslim communities in Cape Town. There were some slaves, some exiles and some immigrants that they initiated Madrasa, which is the Islamic schools in, the, in Cape Town. Mm. And at the time, Afrikaans wasn't written uh, in any form, and uh, that's why they only had access to the Arabic letters because they know the Islamic lessons like Quran, how to read and write. So they phonetically used the, the Arabic letters to write Afrikaans. And there are some documents now that still exist from the past, uh, but obviously this, this form of writing is not uh, functional anymore, and nobody uses that. But I use these archived documents. Uh, and I use them as the source material of these paintings, and going back to that uh, painting using text as a form of painting. Uh, yeah, so that's how the, the Afrikaans came about. And the Copless book uh, is, is, uh, used to be the student notebooks in the madrasa. They used to call it the Copless book, uh, which the student would write notes in them and take it home, and uh, they had to memorize and come back and recite it to the teacher. And if they could recite it well, they would get a new lesson. So, uh, and and it's still going on, even in uh, like Madrasa has recently also using the same method, which was the Tuanguru so, method so, of teaching. So the Madrasa would be the um, religious schools uh, for for um, the Muslim people, and they would have these books. They would like be little notebooks for the students, the Copless Booker, and they yeah. would go home, write their notes in it, write the words, etc. Come back to the school with those little notebooks. And what you've done is you've taken that and turned that into an art exhibition. We are actually going to tweet an image of um, one of your works because it is such a wonderful idea. But I wanted to ask you, when you take the idea of um, words and then cutting away the meaning of the word, what happens if you take the word bed, for example, you cut away the meaning of the word bed, then it, it's no longer the word, it's no longer linked to sleep. It's linked to another meaning. What is that other meaning for you? For me, the other meaning is actually like, I wanted the, the more the emotion of the work itself. Yeah. Uh, so like, uh, instead of like, when you, see a, when you see writing as a form of like, as you mentioned, like for example, if you see bed, and your mind is already comprehending it as a, as a physical thing. Yeah. I also rather I want you to like re, to to see the visual of it and and the the the, the emotion that comes with it as well mm. as, as beyond that idea of like comprehensibility. Uh, and also it's history because like for example when we're talking about Arabic Afrikaans, we're having this history of existence and then erasure. So like the medium I use hmm. usually also. Uh, is like uh, what I used for this exhibition was like ink and beach, which with ink you like inscribe, which is like a very old method of doing it, and most yeah. of the documents are written with ink. And then I used bleach to erase that. <laughs> and that's like use of medium uh, in a visual way is also important for me, and uh, because like it actually talks about that history, it talks about like in a very more of a meta, metaphor, metaphoric way, which is like not necessarily uh, comprehensible. You know, it's more about the material, which materiality becomes, again, important. It also starts to make one think very differently about how we look at words and what they can mean separate to their very own meaning, which is just, it's a bit of a mind... <laughs> A crazy mind thing, which is just wonderful. Uh, Kamya, you are having a, a major event at the Goethe today. Just uh, briefly uh, tell our listeners about that. Uh, well, the idea of the event is the closing of my exhibition at Goethe Institute. And we are actually displaying some of these uh, old documents that are written in Arabic Afrikaans uh, and uh, in my exhibition. And then it's followed by a panel discussion, an hour panel discussion that we are going to be 
uh, talking about uh, Arabic Afrikaans, but also the exhibition, and and then it's gonna have uh, some f- uh, uh, food that is oh. gonna, that is Cape Malay inspired food, and uh, and we're gonna have an hour DJ set, which is uh, playing uh, the influence of Arabic music in the continent of Africa, from South Africa to Northern Africa, and it's gonna be a selection of music from from the continent. It sounds like it's going to be absolutely brilliant. That's Kamiar Binish Tarek. He is a visual artist and you can just get to the Goethe Institution. It's uh, taking place from 11 o'clock today. There will be uh, audience participation. There will be the presentation, also the panel discussion. And as Kamiar says, food as well. Absolutely delicious. And uh, just go find uh, the Goethe. It's on Jan Smats if uh, that's what you'd like to do this morning. Half past nine. Big Fat Juicy, the choice is yours. Seven years beyond 2,000 years, we just cruising. This is music that's been traveling light years to grace your ears, we just cruising. I'm just thinking to myself, you know there's no one here to help. Try to think a plan up on my own, but I could never fix this all alone. If you never do a thing, there's always something you can bring. If you cast, look at the king. That's right, you just cruising through. You give a lot of love, but you don't know why. The revolution stops if you walk on by. That's right, you're just cruising through. You give a lot of love, but you don't know why. The revolution stops if you walk on by. You give a lot of love, it'll get you high. The talk is not enough, you believe the lie. You give a lot of love, but you don't know Just cruising. This is music that's been traveling light years to grace your ears. We just cruising. Aha, nice choice indeed. That's Goldfish and Cruising and so much in line what we were playing earlier as well. Also just a message from Nick in Hilton saying, I'd like to nominate the song called Hello Darkness, My Old Friend as the national anthem for ESCOM. No, Nick, come now. We can do better than that. So it's 9.33. We are uh, going to a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to the one and only Jesse Clegg. I was with a friend and he was sending these vile messages to a woman. She asked him to stop and he lost it. He got so angry saying that she flirted with him. He, he bought her dinner and she owes him. I was worried, but I just, I just kept quiet. Men's silence allows men's violence. Speak up and stand together as one voice united against gender-based violence. 
If you or someone you know needs help, call the Gender-Based Violence Command Center on 0800-428-428. Western Cape Government, for you. The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. As we come together to commemorate Human Rights Month under the theme, The Year of Unity and Renewal, Protecting and Preserving Our Human Rights Gains. Let's keep safe this Human Rights Month. Let's encourage each other to continue wearing our masks, to continue with our hand hygiene protocols, and to get vaccinated. Access to healthcare is one of the rights we enjoy in South Africa. SAFM, leading the conversation. You make my life so rich. You know you could have been some money. Hi, my name is Khumoza Keiji Mwekiti, your host for Seasons, every Saturday and Sunday between 10 and 1. You will hear me playing this. Hello, And if you love smooth jazz or all kinds of jazzy sounds, you can hear me do this. Seasons every Saturday and Sunday between 10 and 1. Every person, no matter who you are, what music you're inclined to listen to, and what you do with your weekends, you need a weekend playlist. that musical mix of music that accompanies the lazy weekends whether catching up with friends and family or just taking some time to reflect tune in to the soundtrack of your life with me Ernest Pillay Saturdays and Sundays 1 to 4 on SAFM Michelle Constant on SAFM Everybody getting together and things happening. Last night I was in Pretoria at the Javit UP Art Centre. They've just launched a fabulous new exhibition called the Yaklan Como uh, exhibition uh, based on the Winston Mankunku song. And it is uh, a series of fantastic artworks uh, looking at our history and our heritage. It's called the Bongi Dlomo Collection. Uh, Bongi Dlomo, the artist, was the collector of the artworks and uh, she worked very closely with the Javit Foundation. So if you're interested in looking at some really, really great artworks, including Dumile Fene and many, many others, then try and go and have a look at it because uh, it's quite marvellous. It's really, really great. Also, some uh, news that's just come through. Apparently, uh, Taylor Hawkins, the 50-year-old drummer of the Foo Fighters, has passed away. The band is touring in South America, and uh, there's no insights as to how he died, but uh, he passed away in the last 24 hours. So we move on, and we are talking to an artist who always has uh, some great support from his followers. He has spent his younger years on tour with his father and then he went into his own solo career. Jesse Clegg, he's going to be performing in April on the 22nd and 23rd at the Teatro at Monte Cassino. Jesse, good to be chatting to you. Hey, good to, uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. So tell me something. Here and Now is the title of uh, the performance. There's uh, something quite poignant in that particular title. What made you decide to call it that? Um, I think that, uh, you know, there were two reasons. I think on the one hand, the show itself is a storytelling show, and it's kind of a, a retrospective about, you know, where I've come from, uh, where I am now and, and where I'm going. And mm. um, I think that the, the show itself is like a snapshot in my life. So I thought like here and now is a great a great sort of way of, of, of capturing that. Um, and I think the other reason that I wanted to call it that is because, um, you know, we've gone through this crazy time and uh, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, music has kind of come to a, a halt and, all of a sudden, uh, we are now back. We're starting to move back towards 
being able to play music. And so there's something very special about this moment right now where we finally uh, finding our way back to music and finding our way back to the arts. And mm. I think that for those reasons, I wanted to just give it that title. It just felt poignant to me. Jesse, you um, you are going to be, you talk about moving back to music and the arts, and you are, in fact, uh, introducing a number of guest appearances by diverse uh, musicians. Tell us who's going to be joining you. Um, well, we've only announced uh, the first guest so far, um, so I can talk about that. Um, one of the, the guests that I'm very excited about is um, a friend of mine named Nicholas Petrika, who is mm-hmm. the lead singer of uh, platinum-selling American rock band uh, Walk the Moon. Yeah. And um, he's flying in from Los Angeles to be a part of the show. He is a, a very close friend of mine um, and an incredible musician. And we've yeah. worked on... Uh, you know, my last two singles that that have come out, we we've written together and and collaborated on, and we also had a collaboration with my dad, yeah, uh, which recently uh, was released. So we've done a lot of work together in Los Angeles, and he is someone who is a deep uh, musical brother of mine, and it'll be the first time that we are performing some of these songs live on stage together. So um, it's it, yeah, it's really exciting, and you know, the other artists. Uh, you know, the, the 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 guests that I wanted were people that not only uh, I collaborated with over mm. my career, but also people that inspired me. So artists that I haven't collaborated with necessarily, but whose music huh. just excites me and makes me, yeah. you know, got me into music. Like some of the older artists or some of the younger artists, you know, they're just yeah. uh, artists that, that make me excited. So <laughs> I really, I, I wanted it to be about my music, but also about music that I like. You talk about being excited, and I suppose that does lead to the question you say that here and now is about uh, where you've come from, but also where you're going. And and I suppose the good question is, where are you going? Where do you feel like you're going? I mean, obviously, you're going into this performance on the 22nd and 23rd of April at the Teatro at Monte Cassino. But where where do you feel you're going more, um, maybe philosophically or spiritually? Um, this is a good question. I think that... You know, as a, as a songwriter, you know, I feel like I'm I'm moving towards um, finding you know the finding ways to challenge myself, finding ways to expand my musical horizons, and mm. constantly um, constantly try and talk about life and talk about observations that I've made and experiences that I've had in a in an honest way and in mm. ways that people can connect to. That that is my my goal as a songwriter, but I think that, you know, we all, as artists, we, we, we all on this journey and we all feel like we're heading towards a destination and there's never really a way to get there. It's really just the journey that you're on and the creative sort of um, meandering paths that you hmm. take and, you know, you kind of follow your muse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, on a career level, I'm working more and more uh, overseas and I'm, I'm doing stuff that really excites me in terms of the people that I'm working with and um, the, 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 you know, the, the places that I'm, I'm, I'm working in. Um, but, you know, South Africa is really my home base and yeah. I really wanted to do something that celebrated this kind of journey that I've come on and consolidate that and have a moment to reflect and to take stock because... It really does feel like that's a, an important thing to do in this moment. You know, we do talk about taking stock. I was just mentioning the passing of um, Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters. Um, I just saw that. Yeah, it's just crazy. But it does it does talk to this idea of how one engages in the world. And, you, you, you know, you mentioned how this is your home, but you are starting to do more and more work internationally. And I'm wondering, now that COVID is uh, changing, shape-shifting, becoming something different, how's that going to impact on uh, the way you work in the future? Um, well, first of all, I just want to say rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins, mm. absolutely incredible musician. And, I mean, Foo Fighters were a hugely influential band. So it's, it's quite heartbreaking to hear about that. Yeah. Um, I literally heard it a minute before you called. <laughs> um, but... Um, <clears throat> I think, look, I think that um, a lot of musicians are kind of expecting the uh, the end of, of COVID to be this huge comeback for music. 
Um, I think that the reality is that we're going to move back there slowly. And, you know, the, the one incredible thing that's, um, that it just gets proven time and time again, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens in technology and stuff, live music will never go away. It will never be replaced. Yeah. And it's something that is so profound and so beautiful. And, and, you know, it's this fleeting moment that we get to share together and connect through music. And, you know, it's just such a, it's such a reminder. And, and, you know, while I was putting the show together, um, it's, it's just such a, such a powerful thing to be able to, to work on. And it's, it's interesting when you're working on a, on a big show because you work for many months and then you do the show and it's done. Mm, <laughs> and exactly. it's just all this effort and energy and emotion and intensity gets, gets used up in, you know, this very short amount of intense time. And mm. it's something that we can connect and, and remember together. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I think the future of music is, is uncertain, I guess, but I, there's some things that will never change. And for me, that's really comforting, that live music is just something that will always be there and that we can always connect through. I can absolutely attest to that. Jesse, wishing you all <laughs> the best. Uh, we hope that Here and Now is a huge success. I'm dying to hear who your diverse uh, uh, artists are that you'll have as guest p- appearances. I'm sure it'll be a wonderful, wonderful list. Jesse Clegg, he is uh, the musician. He'll be performing 22nd and 23rd at the Teatro at Monte Cassino. And if you are a fan, then just go on to CompuTicket, book yourself a ticket and uh, go check him out. It promises to be a really good gig. I've been looking for something to lose I've been looking for something to prove Oh well it's hard to even tell I've been looking for a brighter day I've been looking for the words to say Oh well, it's hard to find yourself Looking at the sky and I'm wondering how it got you Tell you about my fear Standing on the edge And I'm looking at your face Tell you how I feel Tell you how I feel These are the things I can't replace been living in an empty room Walking in someone else's shoes Oh well, it's hard to find yourself I've been waiting on another view I've been holding down the light for you Oh well, it's hard to even tell Looking at the sky and I'm wondering how I got here All I wanna do is tell you about my fear Standing on the edge and I'm looking at your face Tell you how I feel Tell you how I feel These are the things I can't replace
absolutely gorgeous and poignant, poignant track. That's J.C. Clegg and uh, performing with his, the, his father, the late Johnny Clegg, and the track's called I've Been Looking. And you can catch him in April at the Teatro at Monte Cassino. 10 to 10. Don't forget the lovely KG's up at 10 with Seasons. She'll keep you well occupied until 1 o'clock today. So if you're a musician or you belong to a band or you are a jazz musician, soul, funk, rock, electro, whatever, then now's the time to make an application because you could perform at the Fête de la Musique or World Music Day. And uh, working on that application, giving us all the insights as to how you can apply, Sophie Bull is the Deputy Director at IFAS, the French Institute of South Africa, and uh, she's got all the details for us. So listen up if you are interested. Sophie, ça va, bonjour, ça va. SAFM, setting the nationwide agenda daily. Daily. <laughs> we'll start that one again. Sophie, bonjour, ça va? <laughs> bonjour, Michel. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Sophie, the Fête de la Musique, very briefly, what is it? Yes, let me introduce you the concept in France and in South Africa because it is not exactly the same. In France, originally, it is a popular and free music festival and it takes place every year, the day of the summer solstice, the 21st of June, because this is the shortest night of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's, it started in France in 1982. Yeah. And I've just realized that this music festival has been running for 40 years with a lot of energy. And it's amazing when you are in France and in Paris because you can feel the good vibes all, all around the city and all night, night long. And now it is celebrated is no, is no less than 700 cities in the world and in 120 countries. Sure. But in South Africa, yes, sorry. No, 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 I'm listening. In South Africa. Now, in South Africa, yes, this annual free music festival was launched in 2010 by the French Institute, as you said, and uh, it, it, it is still organized with the help of our executive producer, Bassline, and the continuous support of Total Energy. And what is very interesting and very unique uh, in Johannesburg with this Fête de la Musique is that the lineup is the result of an adjudication process based on the call for application that you have just mentioned. Yeah. So okay, each year, this Fête de yeah, yeah. We, we, I'm worried about time as well because we do have to go to yes. uh, our competition. But how are people going to... Uh, enter. You are calling on musicians, bands, individual singers from all musical genres. How do they enter and how are you going to judge? We are going to judge, of course, with the stage performance because it is extremely important. Mm. And the panel will be looking carefully for originality. These are the most crucial criteria because our aim is to discover local talent, as I yeah. told you, and we, we want to give them the opportunity to perform on stage. So that's our main idea, and that's the very meaning of the project here in Johannesburg. Yeah. So, in fact, what you're saying is you need to be able to see that this is a band that can perform. I mean, and certainly if you look at some of the artists that you've worked with in the past, Sam Thing, Soweto, Nakane, Blackjacks, uh, the list goes on, yeah. fabulous Bomb Shelter Beast, the wonderful Msaki, so they have to send, they fill in the application form, but they must send um, videos as well, videos of photos, maybe sound clips as well, so that exactly. people can get a sense. Yes, they have to send the application pack with videos, sound clips, photos, technical writer, and everything. Okay, so just let's put that website out there because it's a, that email address out there because it's a, a long word. It's Fet de la Musique Joburg, I mean, yeah, Joburg at gmail.com. But let me just read that out F E T E D E L A M U S I Q U E Joburg, all one word, at gmail.com. And you have to send in, as uh, Sophie says, application forms, photos. Uh, sound clips, videos, so that the judges can get involved and really, really 
uh, make a decision. I understand that uh, the deadline, it's, it's the first, just explain the deadline to us quickly, Sophie. Yes, you have to apply as soon as possible before the 15th of April yeah. because we will close the, the call after we have had 300 complete applications. So just to give you an idea, since the application was launched last week, we have already received more than 50 proposals. Yeah. So hurry up. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of proposals. Okay, so the first 300 applications must be sent before the 15th yes. of April and those are the only applications exactly. that will be considered. The judge, yes, exactly, and after we will close. The, deb, the, the judges are going to be listening hard and fast. Sophie, just remind us of the date of Fête de la Musique again. It will take place in Johannesburg on the 18th of June. Okay, brilliant. On Saturday. Fantastic. Sophie Bull is the Deputy Director at the French Institute of South Africa. 18th of June is Fête de la Musique. And uh, if you want to apply, then I'll give you that email address. It's Fête de la Musique, Joburg, which is F-E-T-E-D-E-L-A-M-U-S-I-Q-U-E-J-O-B-U-R-G, long one, at gmail.com. Michelle Constant on SAFM. As we close off, it's time for our two possible winners for that 1,000 Rand voucher, the shopping voucher to make you cheer. On the line, we've got uh, Lucky from Witbank in Mpumalanga, and we've also got Mapache from Zebediela in Limpopo. Lucky, we're going to start with you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> So, Lucky, we are celebrating Human Rights Day. I want to know, what do human rights or does human rights mean for you? Okay, Lucky, I'm going to, I'm going to, what we're going to do is we're going to go to our second listener and then we'll come back to you because your phone line is very bad and we can't actually tell. So let's go. Let's go to Mapache in Zebediela, Limpopo. Mapache, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Just tell me, am I saying your name correctly? Yes, it is perfect. Mapache. Ah, that's what I want to hear. What does human rights mean for you this glorious Saturday morning? Ah, uh, okay. Basically, my understanding about human rights say it's more about honouring and respecting those who fought the liberation for us. Yeah. to enjoy every benefit that we have now, the right, basically the right to live, right to have freedom of expression, right to, do, right to do whatever you do now as a human being in South Africa. So I'm interested that you choose freedom of expression. Are you an artist? No, I am not, but <laughs> I, am, I, I can, like, I usually check those kind of things, what artists talk about and what or not, social media things, I follow those. Well, I think anybody who says uh, human rights are the right to freedom of expression deserves a thousand rand shopping voucher. So, guess what? <laughs> Mapache, you just won yourself a thousand rand worth it. You have to tell us quickly, what do you think you're going to be spending it on? Pardon? What do you think you're going to be spending it on? Oh, okay, on the 9th of April, it's my birthday, <gasps> so I'm going to do something special for me and my family. Oh, well, we wish you all the very, very best for you and your family. And 9th of April, may you celebrate a wonderful day. And uh, that shopping voucher comes as an early birthday gift to you as you celebrate your freedom of expression and have a glorious time with your family. Mapache, well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, we've unfortunately, lucky you, we've had to lose you. We can't get you back on the line. We're not sure what the story is. So we are moving right on. Our second guest on the line is Sina Temba from Johannesburg. Sina Temba, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for choosing me here. Ah, so Sina Temba, 
you just yes. got lucky. So Thank here's you. the question. What do human rights mean for you? Well, human rights for me, it means basic rights and freedoms that people, everyone was born, uh, enjoys in the world from birth until they die. And these apply regardless of where they're from, what they believe in, or how you choose to live as a person. Okay. So that's how I define human rights. And, and what does that actually mean for you? Like if you talk about that, what does that mean?